I was uh, much younger, I often heard from my mother these, these famous words, and you've probably either heard them or spoke them yourself, and those words go like this, do what you're told. Do what you're told. I, I don't know if you've ever had a parent tell you that. Yes? No? Have you ever told your children that? And it usually comes into response in a why. Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why, why do I have to go and do all of these things? So I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that making your bed was pointless. And then I got responses from people why it's not. So I'll take that into consideration. Okay, I've considered it. And I won't say anymore. Obedience. Obedience in a lot of ways is kind of a weird concept. You know, God, God calls us and tells us to do these things and we understand the necessity of it. We understand the need for it. We understand the desire that we should have to be pleasing to God. But it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. I think almost naturally our human nature rebels at it. Because we want to, we want to do things our own way, right? We want to be individuals. We want, to, we want to go out and discover the world. We want to say, well, this is the way things should be done. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way. And I know it's right. I know what I should be doing. And so God calls us to kind of put a damper on that line of thinking and say, okay, wait a second. But I know you. I created you. I am the God who loves you and is right and holy and good. And I call you to be obedient to me. It's still kind of a weird thing. Not a weird thing that we shouldn't do it. But it, it makes something different than the norm. You look around our world right now, and the norm, the idea of being normal, the idea of fitting in, is not obedience. It's not uh, this humility before God. I mean, you can, you can look at all the craziness that we see going on uh, in the United States right now. Uh, not only in the United States, but in our own country as well. And hatred on, on so many levels and on both sides of every topic, there is, there is hatred. And it just seems like, well, that, that can't be the norm, but it is really of the world. And yet we're called to something else. We're called to obedience. We're called to be a people who desire to follow God. We had, we had this ugly orange chair in our living room when I was a kid. And it was, and you think I'm exaggerating, but if I had a picture of it. In fact, I should have, I think I might actually have my phone. Uh, I was at MCC the other day, uh, a couple months ago now, and they had the exact same ugly orange chair and if it hadn't been for the price tag that was on that ugly old chair because it must be antique now or something I don't know uh, I was going to buy it and then Tommy would have thrown it out um, because it was the exact same ugly old chair that we had in our house growing up and it was uh, a kind of like a, a rocking chair it had the you know the wooden base on it and then the chair would rock on that base and it was just devastatingly ugly and orange and we loved that chair as a kid because as you could just, it was like going for a ride, right? You could just get on it and you could just 
Yeah, it was good. And the other thing that we did, and this is going to make ourselves sound ridiculous, but it would rock on those, that wooden frame. And we would get one kid rocking and the other kid trying to time it with his hands to see if you could get your hand in and out by the time it rocked. It was a good game. Good, time, good times. Uh, and, I, and I can remember my, my mother looking at us like, how did I spawn these two children? Um, and telling us, don't do that. Don't do that. that don't know the exact words she used there, but don't do that. It, you're going to hurt yourselves. And us in our wisdom, no. We got this down. So, without telling you the rest of the story, what happened? I can still remember the pain of that mistimed crunch right on your and you think why after why would I have done that it seems so blatantly obvious after the moment when you've just got your hand crushed and your brother's rolling on the floor laughing um, he was mean like that um, but you think why why would I do that why why would I have put myself in that position even to start with and you don't want to go to your mother and admit that you're in this great deal of pain because she already told you that that was going to happen. She already warned you that you shouldn't do that because it will go bad for you when you do. Talk about obedience. God has, has called us to listen, right? And often we want, instead of, of listen, we want to understand and, and we, want to, we want to be fitting in. But what's, what's the normal of our world? What's the normal default? You know, we're just talking about all the hatred in our world. We don't have to just talk about hatred. There, there's lots of other sin. There's lots of other things. And I think that's the kind of the normal default mode of, of worldly things, is to be a, away from God, to be departing from God. We understand that. Scripture tells us that over and over again. That's just the history of our world. That man makes some bad choices and sin is in our world. So do we really want to really fit into that world? Do we really want to say, well, we want to be normal in that world? Do we fit into the point where we're unrecognizable to the church and can't be distinguished from the, from the world? Do we really want to fit in? Now, by and large, our personalities are such, and there's, there's some areas that we don't want to. You know, there's some of us that rebel in certain areas against fitting in. But by and large, we want to be accepted, right? It's the way we were built. We want to fit in somewhere. And we kind of get into a little bit of trouble when we feel like we don't fit in anywhere. So we do want to fit in. There's this natural part of us that wants us to fit in. But the desire should be to fit in where? God has, again, called us. And we're talking about obedience. God has called us to be acceptable to him. And so he's told us, you know, if you do this, if you're going to go and, and you're going to be disobedient, if you're going to put your fingers underneath that rocking chair, bad things are going to happen. It's not going to go well for you. And God desires for things to go good for us. He desires for us to have this relationship with him. He desires for us to be with him for all eternity. That's why he sent his son to die for us. But he has called us to live a life that is acceptable to him, that is pleasing to him. A life of worship to him. 
Sometimes that means not fitting in, not being the norm of our world. And that's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. Last year we were in, in Morton for uh, Ben's hockey, and Noah and I were kind of kicking around waiting for hockey, and we went uh, over to the McDonald's in Morton. I don't know if you've ever been in the McDonald's in Morton. Probably some of you have. Uh, it's not the largest McDonald's ever, and uh, anyway, I won't say anything more. That's just the way it is. Um, it's not that big, but I walked in there, and I had to go to the bathroom. Um, yes. And I went in, and the guy was, uh, there's the door on the one side for the guys, the door on the other side for the girls, and the maintenance door in the middle. And the guy had the maintenance door open and was working in, in doing it, and so I thought, okay, get out of my way, I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, so I went into the bathroom, came back out, and Noah has this look of absolute horror and humor that it was the greatest event of his entire life. And he was going to remember this moment forever. And I'm trying to figure out. And then it dawned on me. I turned around and I was coming out of the girls' washroom. <laughs> and he thought that was the most humorous things because that didn't fit. That didn't just, it just didn't. And I said, well, why didn't you say something? He goes, I wasn't going in there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh-huh. Uh, God desires for us to stand out a little bit. Maybe not, maybe not to, to that extent, but God desires for us to stand out. Do you, do you stand out as a Christian in how you conduct yourself? Now, be honest, we, I failed at that and had to repent of those things. And, and we've, we've made mistakes, but the, the question isn't that. The question is, whether or not we have this now, this desire to be something unique, to be acceptable to God. And you can say, well, there's all these other Christians in the world, that's not unique yet, but it is, it is unique for us to desire to be acceptable. It is different than the world around us. Do we truly then have this desire to be acceptable to God, to be pleasing to God? And then the question that, that comes from that is, okay, then what are we doing? What are we doing that, that proves that out in our life? How do, how do we speak? How do we act? How do we interact? Do we, do we accept? Are we forgiving? Are we kind? Are we gentle? Are we meek? Are we humble? All of those things. Do we, do we love one another? Do we love our enemies? Do we love our brothers and sisters? Because it's, it's very easy for us to say, well, you know what, I, I'm, I want to live a life that's acceptable to God. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And then it's much more complex to go out and actually then live that actual life that proves that out. Are we doing that? Are we doing what God has asked us to do? Turn into the, the book of Ezekiel. We're going to start in, we've got a few passages I want to look at here in Ezekiel. Now the first one is in chapter 4. We're going to, I mean, that's, that's the whole passage. We're just going to turn into verse 4 
And look at this. It says, this is God's command for Ezekiel. Then lie on your left side and put the sin of the people of Israel upon yourself. You are to bear their sin for the number of days you lie on your side. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days, you will bear the sin of the people of Israel. After you have finished this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sin of the people of Judah. I have assigned you 40 days, a day for each year. Turn your face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and with bared arm prophesy against her. I will tie you up with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. God has called Ezekiel... Uh, to send this message, right? To let the people know that there is a need for repentance, a need to come back. And he's called Ezekiel to be obedient in this. And what has he called him to do? I want you to go and I want you to just lie down for a while. I don't know if you've ever been sick in bed and had to just lie in bed for an extended period of time. It's a good time, right? Maybe as you're, re- you're sick, you, you understand the need for it, but as you begin to recover a little bit and your energy starts coming back and you've been there for a while, you no longer want to just lie there. And all of a sudden, when people are telling you, no, you've got to just, just lie down, just lay there, you just want to say, no, I need to get up and do something. Now, 390 days laying on one side. I can't go a night without rolling around. And Tammy isn't overly impressed that I roll around as much as I do. But I couldn't go a single night. But 390 days in a row, lying on one side. And then you finally get to get up from that, and the command is to do what? You've done a good job, 390 days. Now lie back down and let's do some more. Think about how long 390 days is. How many days are in a year? Unless it's a leap year, right? Then it's carry the one, three, 364, and then 365 in a regular year. So we're talking about a year and a month or so of just lying. And then getting up and doing a month and a bit of more lying down. And this is, again, God's command to Ezekiel is, is this normal behavior? No, it's not. God has called Ezekiel to do something that's not, not normal. It's not, it's not what the world would say is normal. He's going to stand out, but there's a point to it. He, the people need to know what's going to happen. The people need to know that they can't continue to live the way they're living. The, the people need to know that there is a call for repentance. But aside from that, we look at Ezekiel, and God has called him to be obedient, to do what I ask. You don't have to be the norm. We don't have to fit in. It doesn't have to make sense in the world. But you do need to be obedient to God. So if God had called us to sit down or lie down for this amount of time, are we going to rebel against that? Are we going to say to God, we know that that's too absurd. That's too strange. I can't, I can't, I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to be involved in this. I have to take my kids here. I have to do all of these things. I can't really be obedient to you now, but I'll... If you change it a little bit, it's okay. Then I can fit it into my schedule or fit it into 
my wife. And God's saying, well, wait a second. <laughs> I want you to be obedient. I want you to do what I've asked you to do. I want you to understand the desire and need that you should have to follow me as, as your God. What does Ezekiel do? He goes and does what he's been asked to do. Go, go back into Ezekiel chapter 3. And again, this is the, the passage we're looking at, Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 16 through 27. We're going to jump down to uh, 24. We'll just read the, a part of the passage, but there's the whole thing. Then the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and he spoke to me and said, Go, shut yourself inside your house, and you, will, and you, son of man, they will tie you with ropes, and you will be bound so that you cannot go out among the people. And it will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and unable to rebuke them, for they are rebellious people. God has again has this call for Ezekiel. Is this the norm? Is this what everybody was doing at the time? Was this fitting in? But it's what God had intended for him, again, to prove a point in the world that he lived in. So that they would understand and know God's call. Go back into again into Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter, well it says 25 there, but we're going to go into Ezekiel chapter 24. Ezekiel chapter 24, starting in those same verses, 15 through uh, 27, but we're going to just read uh, in 15. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, with one boy I'm about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. This is a, I mean, we read this, and it's a, a devastatingly tough thing, isn't it? What God has asked him to do. And again, against the green, against the norm, against what the world would view as norm. But he's, he's told them not to, not to mourn, not to, to show outward signs of even grief, not to lament or not to weep or not to shed any tears. We look at all three of these, all three of these passages, and again, the third one is uh, in, in chapter 24. Uh, we look at all three of these passages, and we see that God has called Ezekiel to be obedient, the desire to be obedient. That it doesn't always have to fit in. It doesn't always have to be the norm. But there is a call for us to have that desire to be and do what God has asked us to do. So when we open up the New Testament, when we open up God's Word, and we begin to read, and we get to see the call that it's had to be meek, to be humble, to be gentle, to be kind, to be good, to be loving, in a world that seems to have so much opposition to some of those things, and again, not, not all people are like this, but in a worldly sense, the world opposes those things. So we have, to, we have to stand out. Do we not? 
As Christians, do we not have to stand out in the world? Where does our, where does our citizenship lie? Scripture tells us that this world is what? This world is not our home. We are, we are called to something, something vastly different than, than the world we live in. Do we remember that? Do we, do we acknowledge that by how we live? Is there difficulty in that? Do we find it difficult? Now, the, the, the part of us that, that uh, wants to say, no, no, it's easy. I'm always doing what is right and good. I'm always making good decisions. I never speak a word in anger. I've never lost my patience. I've never done any of those things. I, it's just easy to do what, what God wants me to do all the time. It's, it's, it's never hard to, to stand out. I never have this just desire to fit in. That's not the truth. I mean, the truth is that we have, to, we have to battle through some of those things. We have to make decisions and choices to do those things. We were, we were in Gimli uh, about a month ago. Uh, we went for, went for the night. and As we, is our tradition, whenever we stay in a, in a hotel, we uh, order pizza. While we ordered pizza from a place in Gimli, um, makes really good pizza. Anyway, kind of a side note to the story. So I had, had gone in and I had uh, grabbed a menu and was standing in line and it was a fairly long line. People were paying as they were leaving, which, by the way, you should do before you leave a restaurant. Um, but people were standing in line paying. And so I got in line to order my food and there was probably about five or six people in the line, like individuals to pay. And so we waited and Noah was there and we were waiting and we were waiting and it takes an amount of time, and we're hungry, and we want to order our food, and it's just about to our time, like, the last person had just walked, and we were just about to step to the counter, and the lady stepped in front of me and said, oh, you don't mind if I just pay, right? I'm just going to step in front of you. I don't struggle with patience at all, <laughs> so this was just easy, uh, and I, I said, yeah, uh, go ahead, but it would have been nice if you'd asked. In so many words. Like she just stepped in front and said, I'm doing this. Sucks to be you. Um, she didn't actually say it. That's not the exact quote. Um, and so I said, yeah, whatever, go ahead. But it would have been nice that if you had asked. And, and I might not have said it with the patient tone that I should have. Regardless of how that happened, she lost her patience which I don't know how she lost her patience. She'd already stepped in front of me. But she lost her patience and maybe had had... Anyway, she began to just yell and swear. And, and Noah's like, where can I hide? <laughs> He's already shy enough, but this was like way too much attention for him. And, and I, was, I was taken aback. And so I didn't, I didn't say anything after that, but she would not let up and just kept going and the staff came out and apologized and all this other stuff but I thought to myself you know 
I probably could have just said nothing. I probably could have just said, okay, patience. But I, in being honest, I said it in a, in a tone that I clearly wasn't patient. Yeah, go ahead, whatever. But it would have been nice if you'd asked. And that was the response. And I thought, you know, that, that response was over the top, okay? It was over the top. But at the same time, in looking at my own reaction, what's one more person going in front of me? I'm going to wait the half an hour for my pizza anyway. What's the next other 30 seconds? And would it have stood out more if I had just been kind in that moment? Well, it stood out because of the reaction, but would it have stood out more for me and for Noah if I had been kind? The word of the Lord calls us to those things. The word of the Lord calls us to the obedience of those things. Patience and kindness. And there's a reason for it. You look at uh, the, the call that Ezekiel had from God to follow the word of the Lord. And it was so that others would know, right? That others would know the message behind what he was doing. To understand this concept of being obedient to God. And that it's the same for us. That we have this obedience that, that should then garner a response from those around us. That they want to know why it is that you act the way you do. And then want to know maybe more about God. That, that may take some time. And it may take some patience on our account. It may take some, some confidence even to stand up and, and be as God has called us to be. But we need to follow the word of the Lord so that people have a desire to know more. So that they can ultimately know God. You know, we, we don't ever do this or live this way so that we bring praise or glory or honor to ourselves. The desire is to have people understand how great how awesome, how absolutely astounding our God is. And when we understand that, if we understand that, then truly do we not want to live in accordance to what he has called us to. Do we know him? Do we accept the truth of who God is and what God has done and what he's called us to? Then we should act this way. We should desire to live this way. And to be obedient to him. I want you to turn back into, into Acts. And we're going we're gonna to continue reading the passage that, that had been, been read for us this morning. So turn into Acts chapter 26. And uh, we had read for us this morning, Acts 26, 12 through 18. We're going we're to pick up the story in verse uh, 24. Acts chapter 26, starting in verse 24. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things. 
and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them, and they left the room. They began saying to one of this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free, but not been an appeal to Caesar. Think about what was said here earlier about Paul, his call to obedience. He has this call to do what God has asked him to do. And it goes to the point where he is willing to, even in chains, speak the truth to all. And the call from that is to do what? He says, I would desire for you to be as I am. Are we obedient? Do we have a desire to, obe to be obedient? And do we have in that obedience a call for others to also be obedient?